0: Good evening, Creep. The Cutter is Gallery, opening the doors of the mystery place. And speaking of doors, tonight we're visiting the Inner Sanctum, so open that door, Mr. Holt. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. This is your host, opening the squeaking door for another session of the A.G.G.M.S., the Association of Ghouls, Ghosts, and Midnight Spirits. Oh, may I see your membership card as you enter the But, uh, oh, no, no, it's not a printed card. All you have to do is show me your wrists. If there's any blood pulsing in your arteries, then you don't belong here tonight. Better come back and try some other time. After you've passed your mortuary tests, <laughs> And now for tonight's inner sanctum mystery. It's an original radio play by Emil Tepperman. Called Make Ready My Grave. And stars two radio favorites. John Banks and Richard Widmark. It's about a boy and a girl who have just been married. A piece of colored string, an open grave, and a hanging. That train is the Southeast Limited. See it? Long, sleek, and powerful. Taking off the miles on the humming rays. A masterpiece of 20th century mechanical perfection. Nothing about it to suggest lurking hate, or fear, or superstition, or death. <laughs> but let's take a look into compartment A, car 17. John and Betty Loomis, just married, are going for their honeymoon to John's ancestral estate. John, yeah. yeah, I'm so happy. <laughs> How soon do we get to Little no. In about an hour, better.
1: Just think, i married into
0: one of the oldest families in the state. I hope you'll be very happy, darling.
1: Oh, I will, I will. You do love me, don't you,
2: Charlie? Of course I do, baby. I'll always love you. Always. No matter what happens. What do
1: you mean, no matter what happens? What could happen? Sam, something's
2: dying. No, no, it's nothing at all. You're hiding something. It's something you haven't told me. It's nothing, Betty. It's nothing to worry about. You don't want to tell me? No, not now. Maybe later.
1: Why are well, you playing with that piece of one of What?
2: You've
1: been playing with it ever since we came onto the train.
2: Hmm. Gosh, <laughs> I... I'd... I never noticed. I watched you. You've been telling me nothing. Enough. not? I must have tied it without knowing what I was doing.
1: You tied it into a noose. A noose, noose. I don't know how I came
2: to make it or how I picked
1: it up. Well, it it's only
2: a piece of string. Yes, it's only a piece of string. Betty, what is it, John? Just like this. A noose.
1: But why?
2: If I should ever try to, if I should ever try to strangle you, please listen to me. If I should ever try to strangle you, promise me to use that gun on me. What are you talking about? Oh, no, Missyville, let's stop. No, this, let's stop, no,
1: this is where we get.
2: It. John,
1: must was all about that piece of yellow strain and now this gun? Put it away,
2: Betty, and remember what I said. Don't ever forget. Just a way station. The train only stops there to let us off, otherwise, it goes right through.
1: Mm-hmm. I
2: thought there was a big town. Well, oh, it used to be a hundred years ago, but now there's only the Lumis estate. Are
1: we
2: far from the estate? About two miles. Old Horn Galt should be there to pick us up in the station wagon. Henry Galt? Mm-hmm. He's a man. There's been a Galt working for the Loomis family for the last 150 years.
1: John, I don't like it here
2: wouldn't what the devil can God be? I wrote them what train we were taking. I'm right ready, <gasps> Mr. John. Oh, God, you frightened my wife. I'm sorry, ma'am, if I scared you. Oh, that, that's all right. It, it, it
1: was just the way you spoke so suddenly out of the darkness.
2: If you'll follow me, I've got the station wagon back here.
1: John, you he doesn't like me. No? no,
2: that's just his way. He's, He's... very devoted to the family. When do you get to know him?
1: I don't
2: think I care to. Johnny, he's driving to fast. It's so dark. Don't worry, Betty. Bart knows this road right like the back of his hand.
1: We'll be there in a few minutes. Oh, I'm frightened. not please. Tell me why
2: you gave me the gun. No, I, I can't tell you now, Betty. Maybe after you meet Uncle Everett. John. Why What's that in your hand? What?
1: What? Another piece of string. A red one, mister.
2: Well. I, I, I must have put it up in here, off the seat.
1: You've knotted it into another hangman's noose.
2: Uh, yes, Mr. John. This
1: piece of red string, did you put it here?
2: No, sir. Then how did it get here? You ought to know. Yes. Yes, I ought to no. know.
1: Golf, why are you stopping here?
2: We're home, ma'am. This is the entrance to the Loomis estate. I've got to get out and open the gate. I'll be right back. Betty, I've, I've got to get out, too. I've got to see for myself. See, what's You stay right? here, Betty. But, uh, stay right where you are. Wait a minute, I'm coming, get back, too. Betty. Get back in the car. Mr. John is right, ma'am. You shouldn't go with him. Take care of her, Golf. I won't be lost. where's he going? That is the Loomis family cemetery. Cemetery?
1: What does he want to see in there in the middle of the night?
2: He'll tell you himself, ma'am. In due
1: time. No, I'm going to find out right now.
2: Better not, ma'am. Better come. John!
1: Back. John, wait for me. Betty, I told you to I'm going with you. I want to know what there is in that television. I'm your wife now. I have a right to know what this is all about. I'm going with you.
2: All right, that's the way you feel, But hold on to that gun I gave you. Keep it in your hand all the time.
1: John, fine. You found why? out soon
2: enough. This is gate the gate of the family cemetery. All the Lumosons in their lives are buried here. It's was so shadowy. It?
1: Those tombstones look like ghosts. I want to hand you
2: Oh, just hold on to that gun.
1: John, whose gun is this with the high tombstone?
2: My great grandfather's, Stuart Loomis. He founded the Loomis Estate. This is my grandfather's grave. His wife. Here's my father. My mother. Um, that's all. That should be
1: all.
2: Mm. Come over here. This is what I came to see. This is what I've been afraid of. John,
1: John, it's an open grave. Especially, Doug.
2: Yes, ma'am. It was just Doug tonight. <laughs> Who is it for? Daddy, oh, darling. Oh, I'm afraid it's free.
0: to our state in the graveyard. Remember? With poor Betty, whose husband has just told her he's afraid the freshly dug grave is for her.
1: John, what do you mean? Who dug this
0: grave
2: for me? Who? <laughs> if I told you, you'd think I was crazy. No, well,
1: you've got to tell me. If I'm in danger, I have a right to know. Was it God? Your uncle Everard? No.
2: No, at least I don't think
1: so. His wife, right, Christine.
0: Betty... Do you believe that a ghost could dig a Ghosts.
2: Do you believe know, I'm doing you from a ghost? Oh, I told you you'd think I was crazy. John, why
1: are you looking at me like that? I don't
2: know. But don't you get that with you?
1: No, I left it in the car. That's good would a gun do be against
2: There's the station wagon still waiting at the gate, but I didn't see Golf. Maybe he went up to the house. Golf, where are you? Hello there, Captain. What's that? Uncle Everard. What happened to Golf? He came up to the house. He'd gone into the cemetery. I thought I'd better come down. Oh. Is... Is it there? Yes, it's there. Freshly dug grave. Uncle Everard, this is my wife, Betty. How are you, Betty?
1: Hello.
2: You saw the grave too, Betty?
1: Yes, and and John says he thinks it's for me. I'm afraid I don't understand. You haven't
2: told her anything yet, John? Well, just just a a little. I uh, couldn't bring myself to. I think it's time you did.
1: Thank
2: you, Uncle Edward. I will have a little more. You, John? No thanks. Too bad Christina's there. She's upstairs in our room. But I hope she'll be better by tomorrow. You can see her then. Maybe. What do you mean? That grave out there. Maybe it'll be filled
1: tomorrow. John, don't you think it's time you kept your promise to tell me what this is all about?
2: You tell her, Uncle Everett. Well, Betty, there's a ghost in the Loomis family. That's it in a nutshell. Oh, I see.
1: And it was a ghost who dug up grave.
2: Huh? I know it sounds mad. After 150 years, we Loomises have come to the conviction that it can't be anything but a ghost.
1: 150 years? Mm-hmm. John's
2: great-grandfather. Stuart Loomis settled this strip of seacoast under a patent from the colonial governor. There's his picture over the
1: fireplace. He... He doesn't look much like you, John.
2: Stuart Loomis was a hard man. There was a French privateer in these waters who made a lot of trouble in those days. Gaston LaRue who sailed the seas with his wife, Antoinette. But what is a French pirate and his wife to do with
1: that grave?
2: Stuart Loomis captured LaRue and his wife done with the authority conferred upon by the governor. Had the power to hang them.
1: You mean
2: women, too? Yes. He hanged them both on a gibbet where our family cemetery now stands. Oh, how terrible. Before he died, Gaston Larue laid a curse in the Loomis family. He swore that just as his wife was hanged, so would all the Loomis women die. He swore that he would come back and dig a grave for the wife of Loomis in every generation and furnish the noose by which Loomis had strangle his own wife.
1: that's incredible.
2: Short while afterward, a fresh grave was found beside the gibbet where LaRue had been hung. That night, Stuart Loomis's wife, John's great-grandmother, was found hanging by the neck from the eaves of this very house. Stuart Loomis? I told you Stuart Loomis was a hard man... and had made many enemies. There were many who hated him deeply and bitterly. He was arrested and tried for the murder of his wife. Convicted and executed. Now you know the secret of the Loomis family. But, John, that that still doesn't prove there's a ghost. No, that one incident doesn't prove it. But it happened again when the next Loomis married. John's grandfather to the next room John's father. Sometimes a year after he married, sometimes five years, but the curse never fails. It's happened in every generation. Yes. And now John Loomis has brought a new wife home, and there's a freshly dug grave waiting in the family cemetery.
1: And, and I'm next.
2: Huh? I don't know, Betty. Maybe that grave isn't for you. What? Maybe it's for Christine. For my wife.
1: This. This is all ridiculous. A ghost couldn't think a grave. Make John strangle me to death. Uncle Everard, you. you can't believe such a legend. It can't be true.
2: Maybe not, my dear. But the graves of the strangled Loomis women are out there to prove it. God call you at eight tomorrow morning. Good night. Good night, Uncle Everett. Good night, John. Good night, Uncle Everett. This is such a big room. It's so gloomy. The whole house is like that. It lies gloomy and sullen under the luminous curse. Oh, Betty, I love you so much. We'll beat the curse together. Let me go, darling. I want to change my clothes and wash. All right. Where's that bathroom over there? I'll only be in it. All right, darling. Oh, it's a lovely bathroom. Betty, what is Fantastic. it? John Quick! What? Look. Hanging from the shower bar. Oh, hang. hanging. no sign. It's
1: a real one this time. But what? Ready. ready to... hand someone. Put it there. It's the Loomer's curse. We can't get away from it. No ghost could have hung that rope there. Let, let, let's call Uncle Edgar. All right. Have you got the gun with you? No, it's in my handbag. Get it. But get it, I say. All right, John.
2: Here. Here, i got it. All right, now keep it with you all the time. And don't be afraid to use it on me if necessary.
1: All
2: right, let's get your uncle. This is his room. I wonder if I ought to wake him. It might upset Aunt Christine. She's said.
1: We've got to wake him. Better knock harder.
2: Well it wasn't locked. Call him. Uncle Everard. Uncle Everard. It doesn't empty. there's a light in the room.
1: Push the door further open. All right. Well, there's nobody in the room. The bed's empty. Uncle Everard? Aunt Christine. Maybe in the bathroom. The door is open. Hey! Get him put... Aunt Christine. She's hanging by the neck. She's... She's. dead. The same kind of a is in her bathroom.
2: Uncle Everard hanged her. It's the Loomis curse catching up with this. Oh, Galt, any trace of Uncle Everard? I searched the whole house, basement to attic, not a sign of it. He oh, must have gone out. Come along. But it's raining. We've got to find him, Betty. Come on. The dark out here. How will we ever find you? I have a flashlight, ma'am. You look. What? Fresh footprints in the slush. Oh, they must be Uncle Everard's. they lead down toward the cemetery. Come along, go. John, you can see for yourself the footprints lead right to this new grave.
1: But why did we come here?
2: There's the answer, Daddy. A cross at the head of the empty grave. Very flashlight, I thought there's something written on it. It says, Christine Lou... Daddy, Daddy, what is
1: Look. Over there.
2: Another grave. He's dug another one. There's a cross on this one too. To the same thing? Yes, yes, it does. It says Betty Loomis.
1: John sit close to me. That portrait of Stuart Loomis over the fireplace looks so real. It's
2: right. Now remember, Betty. Whatever happens, hold on to that gun and don't be afraid to use it tonight. Where is Galt? He ought to be here soon. You went to look for some weapons. Here I am, What, <laughs> John. Galt, you always frighten me coming in so quietly. I'm sorry, ma'am. Here, Mr. John. These ought to be pretty good weapons. Size? If I had them sharpened only the other day, they could slice a man's head off in one stroke. Take one, Mr. John. Thanks. But I'd hate to use it on Uncle Everard. If he shows up tonight, you'd better use it.
1: Maybe he's come back into the house through the back way.
2: I'll go through the house again if you'd like. This time I'll start with the attic. Be careful, go. I will. John, I don't like him. Oh?
1: And I don't think he likes me either. I'm not there. Must be gone already. Help, Mr.
2: Go up! Not a bad Uncle Everard hiding up there. Stay right here, Betty, and hold on to that girl. John, be careful. Oh, oh, you careful.
1: John, come back. I'm frightened. I'm afraid to be alone. Nothing to be afraid of. I have this gun, and if anybody comes, well, I... oh. the light, the light's went out. Who? Who's there? Who's oh, in this room? Don't come any closer. I have a gun, and I'll shoot. I can't see you, but I'll shoot at the sound.
2: Loaded. I took the bullets out when you left it in the car. Galt. Yes, ma'am, it's Galt. Mr. John is busy up there in the attic with the body of Mr. Everard. I killed him, too. when Mr. John comes downstairs, he'll find you. And I'll cut him down in the dark with my side. There were others besides the pirate, LaRue, who hated Stuart Loomis. Like my own great-grandfather, he was in the service of Stuart Loomis, and he hated him. When LaRue laid the curse on the Loomises, my great-grandfather decided to make it come true. It was he who strangled the wife of Stuart Loomis. Through the years, the gods from father to son have handed down their. You're mad. Maybe. I'll tighten the loosener. Oh, in the shoe. Where are you? Why is it
1: dark in here? Look how the dog has a thigh. So will I. John. John. Huh? Uh-huh.
2: Oh. Oh. Forever
0: with Loomis Well, that was a pretty rough honeymoon for Betty. But you know, there's a lesson in her story for forgetful wives. Yes, if you keep tying little colored strings to your fingers to remind you of things and you... Still can't remember them. Why not try a rope neatly tied around your neck? It's sure to help you forget.
2: thank you, Mr. Lose, for a very enjoyable performance that I left to sure of. Both has had a gallery reminding me to sleep no time. Good night. Lose is on for Forces radio service.